believe God has some worshipers rising in this day. Amen. Some people rising to the level of the promise. We're here this morning to declare he's not a dead God, but he's a living God. He's with us today, speaking to hearts and lives, living in his people. Amen. To manifest himself in his great glory. Wonder how many needs would be in the building today. You'd like to be remembered. You would ask the Lord to just come by your way today. You'd raise a hand to God and say, Lord, come by my way today. Amen. Speak to me in a very personal way. God bless you. Amen. Father, as we bow before your throne of grace, we thank you, Lord, for grace. We thank you for your pardon. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for for washing us, making us clean by the blood of the Lamb. We thank you that you're the only true and wise God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that there is no one else besides you. Lord, today as we come before you, we're just asking for you to come our way. For you to speak to our hearts, Lord, in a marvelous way today. Lord, I pray that you'll just go right down to every heart. You can go right down to every pew, to every person. And you can minister to them in a very personal way. Because you're a personal Savior, a personal God. You're the one that can discern the very questions that is in the heart of man. And I pray, oh God, that you will discern today and reveal those questions and bring an answer to that soul. Our Lord, I pray, dear God, that you bless your people, their needs that was represented by hands everywhere. And certainly, Lord, as we want to just even raise both of them today because we just say, Lord, we're so in need of you. Without you, we cannot do anything. So I ask, Lord, that you would help us today. You'd anoint us by your spirit. You speak in a wonderful way to us today. Just come on the scene. Bring healing and deliverance. Rise, O God. May the sun of righteousness arise with healing, with deliverance, with salvation. Ever need supply, Lord, you know to break, how to break even through the hardest heart. Lord, you know how to break beyond, Lord, the, the mind of man that even has locked out your promises. And Lord, that you can uh, find that key there to open up that door. I pray, Lord, that you'll do it today. May the word find a place in the hearts and lives of your people. Healing be done in the name of Jesus. Body, soul, and spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. It's good to be here today. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord another time to get to give him praise and glory and honor. Amen. I want to thank you for your prayers, Brother Timothy and I, and um, of course our wives, um, Sister Karen and Sister Ruth, they, they, um, we all made it in on, from back from Israel on uh, Friday uh, evening about 6 p.m. and after being up about 36 hours and you know but um, we're here today amen I had suffering a little bit of what they call that jet lag 
So if I forget something or miss a, miss a line, well, you just kind of add it in for me. Amen. Make sure you add in the right thing. Amen. We had a wonderful time. I want to thank you for your prayers. We had no problems um, there in Israel. Their security is very diligent for their own survival. And so um, we were safe, um, not just because of the Israeli army, but because um, we have the Lord on our side. Amen. And so um, we also have received good reports from the meetings here. Uh, Brother Joe Adams ministered on Wednesday night, and Brother John Andes twice on Sunday, and Brother Aaron Oglesby last Wednesday, and I understand the Lord just blessed. Amen. And every one of the services, so we're really happy for that. Amen. Were you blessed? Amen. Amen. Well, I, I believe the Lord has things in store for us this morning, and uh, he'll open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing. We won't be able to contain it all. Amen. I want us to sing that song before we go into the word this morning. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Amen. Let's just love the Lord just a moment as we worship him. Grace is his favor. His favor. Let's think a moment how you've been so favored and so blessed. He's provided for you every step of the way. Whatever your need is, he says, I'm all you need. He's grace. Grace set a pardon, cleanse, make you pure with him. It's grace, Hannah. Grace for you. You're a miracle what the Lord's done in your life. He continues to do. It's grace. It's the Lord's favor on you. Where were you when he found you? What a mess you were in when he found you. But grace saved you. Amen. Changed your life. Set you free. Set you up on a rock. Took sin out of your life. Amen. Give you something worth living for. It's grace. Grace. Let's love him today as we worship. Grace. Grace. God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is grace. Once more now, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse with Him. Grace, grace, what amazing grace, God. That is greater than all my sin. Hallelujah. 
I'd like to turn to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14 for our scripture reading. And then we'll read a scripture from the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 19. But first we'll read from the 14th verse of chapter 3. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And then let's turn to Revelation chapter 8 and verse 19. And let's just see a people who all creation is waiting on. Is waiting for the hour and the time where the word is once back, once more back in the mouth of the sons and daughters of God. That the sons and daughters of God are placed back in God's mouth, speaking for Him. Romans um, eight nineteen, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. Amen. God bless you as you take your seats. This is a rapture time. This is the time of the revealing or the manifestations of the sons of God. So that's why we're taking our title today, Manifested Sons. This is a time where we fulfill Paul's words that a church would come to. That they, as he prophesied and said that they would come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. That means a mature man. And the, and the church would meet the measure, this maturity would meet the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. In other words, someone who would match him to his fullness. Now, that's a big order for me and you if we had to do it. But I want you to understand this has nothing to do with me and you doing it. This is the Lord's doings. And it's marvelous in our eyes. Now, when we speak of this rapture time, there are three phases as we've been through to this promised rapture. There is the word coming. It must, must come first. He must come forth in the form of his word. And Amos 3 and 7 tells us that it always comes through a prophet. For he said, the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. And this is a surety that he will do this. Then we would see that the word word that is given must become flesh. And so there is the bride coming of Christ. And then finally, the long-awaited anticipated meeting in the air which is the groom coming of Christ all of these are his coming and so he does these three things as he descends phase one is the shout where uh, it's a message to gather the people the elect back to the word of God again and this causes from the denominations to come to Christ and Just as we have witnessed um, the birth of Israel in our generation, our time, as the trumpets have have, uh, gathered Israel, the natural seed of Abraham, back to their promised homeland. 
As Brother Timothy said, we were in the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem where we saw our counterpart, the natural seed of Abraham, being called back under their trumpets, back to their homeland. And uh, they have been gathered from all around the world, and yet maybe they don't know perhaps completely their purpose of their gathering. But their gathering back to their homeland is not only for God's blessings, but that the long-awaited promised son, the Messiah, would come and be made known to them. Now, so we, we know then that every word, every sound of the word of God is a trumpet. It's the gospel trumpet. And when it sounds, it's always the truth. It's not an uncertain sound, but it's a certain sound. And it is a call to gather us back to the homeland of the word of God because it is only there in our homeland in the word, in the Bible, in the truth of the word that we have safety and security. Amen. So every sound of the word is a, is a gospel trumpet. And then Brother Branham would tell us in the, in the first seal, he said, now remember in the days of the seventh angel, his sounding forth, blasting forth, the gospel trumpet, he is to finish all the mysteries of God. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the critics want to come along and say, well, this, uh, you know, Revelation 10, 7 is a trumpeting angel. And so, therefore, uh, that could not apply to the seventh church age messenger. But they fail to realize that God deals with a seed naturally and, a, and then a royal seed or the seed spiritual. And so one of them receives a trumpet call that calls them back to a physical homeland, back to their promised land, and another is a gospel trumpet. And it reveals to them, again, bringing them back to the true atonement, which there's only one true atonement, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ, for he is the true Lamb of God. Now Israel was always assembled by this by the sounding of a trumpet, you know, and that trumpet is saying something important is at hand. Listen to it. And so the same in our day with this gospel trumpet that reveals the mysteries of God and opens up our promised homeland and settles us in our places. This message would, uh, would come uh, through an Elijah ministry that even as John the Baptist prepared the way for the first coming of, of and the going forth in the spirit and, and the power of Elijah, getting the people prepared for the, for the coming of the Lord. It was just the other day that I stood at the Jordan River where John was calling them to be washed and be ready for the Messiah. You know, it must have been a glorious moment when the Messiah stepped forth and he saw the Spirit descend upon him. And then, and then he recognized this one as being the Messiah and he could exclaim, Behold or look, the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. It was there as I stood there that I could also see in the distance Mount Pisgah. Way over into another land, into, the, into the, the area of Jordan, I believe it was, that I could see Mount Pisgah 
where that Moses stood and looked longingly at the land of promise, but wasn't permitted to go over. Some unbelief and exalted himself and kept him from crossing over into the promised land. But you know, again, it reminds me of the place that we are at. A place, the rapture hour, under the rapture anointing that others have looked longingly for. And they saw it from the distance. Amen. But we are now enjoying the fruits of it. Amen. What an hour that we are living in. What a glorious time and what a glorious day that we are actually living in. Because we're not looking at it from a far mountain. Not being able, permitted to cross over. But we are here. We are in the moment. We are at the time. We are in the hour of the fulfillment of the word of God. And you and I are a blessed people today. That we're not over there on a distant mountain longingly looking for the time of the coming of the Lord. But you and I are in that coming. And we are experiencing the land of promise and eating the fruits of it. Hallelujah. Sitting under the fig trees of the provision of the word of God. In this very place, it was the same place that Joshua crossed over the Jordan. And, at that, and, at, and again, at that same Jordan, Elisha struck it with the mantle from Elijah and walked across it saying, where is the God of Elijah? It is that same place where Jesus came to be baptized to John, where the Spirit crossed the dimensions to come and dwell for the first time in mankind. And Jesus was the first manifested Son of God, the very beginning of the creation of God. And from him there would come others that would be birthed of his life and birthed of his power and birthed of his glory. We're here in a time where we are still expecting the coming of the Lord Jesus. And for his coming, there will be a church revealed or manifested as sons of God. Is everybody with me this morning? Amen. I hope you're not suffering jet lag. I hope you're, I hope you're here ready to receive something from God this morning. Amen. Now, the, but again, the, the people of God are being made ready by the word of truth. From the messenger to this age. As Brother Branham said, in her will be the fullness of Pentecost. For the Spirit will bring the people right back to where they were at the beginning. That is, thus saith the Lord. Amen. God's word cannot ever fail. Amen. The people of God are being made ready by the word of truth. From the messenger to this age. For in her will be the fullness of Pentecost. For the Spirit will bring the people right back to where they were at the beginning. That is, thus saith the Lord. I pray you can take that to the bank. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord never fails. But this is the day of the manifestation of the sons of God. When the mysteries that's been hid since the foundation of the world is to be made known, this is the hour. What a glorious time you're living in. Amen. Now, Brother Branham would talk about Abraham in the message, Three Kinds of Believers. And he said, Abraham believed it. 
Now, why did we go to Abraham? Because Abraham is the father of faith. He is the first one to declare after the time of, of the confusion of Babylon to come out and say, the Lord our God is one Lord. That we don't believe in multitudes of deities. But there is one Lord, there is one God, there is one faith. Amen. So Abraham becomes even our father. Because that revelation has been passed on down to you and me that there is one God. Amen. Now, Abraham believed it. That's a believer. How are you going to do it, Lord? He never asked the question. God said he would do it, and that settles it. Now, remember, Abraham never asked the question, how are you going to do it, God? He just believed it. He didn't know how God was going to do it. He just believed it was true. And he just said it was so. And he just claimed it as his own. And he began to act on it. Is that right? Amen. And when the first months passed, because God had told him his wife Sarah was going to have a child, and, uh, and she was past menopause, anything different? Not a thing. But Abraham still believed it. And then 25 years later, there's still no difference. But Abraham still believed it. Now, Brother Branham said, that's a believer. A believer don't give up. A believer doesn't quit. A, a believer doesn't get his focus on the circumstances. A believer looks, keeps his eye on God. And knowing God is able to keep that word. Are you with me now? 25 years later, there was still no difference, but Abraham still believed it. That's a believer. That's not a make-believer. That's a believer. And he believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness because he believed. That's a genuine believer. So time doesn't change God's promises. Circumstances doesn't change God's promises. Amen. He would tell Abraham, I have given you this land, and it's a goodly land. He would tell, he would tell him, I'm gonna tell the Israel, I'm gonna bring you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Well, I'll tell you, when you looked out on that desert and you saw um, the rocks and the desert and everything else, it would take faith to believe that that could be turned to, to a land of milk and honey. You see, it didn't meet the eye. It didn't match what the eye saw. It would take the eye of faith to see there's milk and honey in this land. Because to the natural eye, it was a barren land. Amen. But to the spiritual eye, I could see the milk and I could see the honey. I can see the promise of God. I know it's true. I know it's going to come to pass. Now, Abraham struck a claim on that land. He dug a well. He dug that well in the land of Israel. You know, in the land of Israel, there's more fights over water rights than there is anything. You know, to, and, and to dig a well means I'm no longer just traveling through, I'm staying here. I'm putting a claim here. To dig a well means I'm putting a claim here. Are you with me? I'm laying a claim, I'm staying here. Now, you know what happened, if you're a Bible reader, you know that Abimelech 
which was the Philistine servants, drove Abraham's servants away. And Abraham went to him and he said, I've got a contest with you because I want you to know I dug this well. And he took seven ewe lambs and he put them to the side. And, and he said, uh, you know, this is, here is the well of a sevenfold oath. I'm making it known to you, I dug this well. This is my water. Amen. Now, let me tell you, friends, God gave us a well at Pentecost. Amen. And God provided us lamb for every age. Seven lambs, seven ages. Well, do you think for a minute we're going to let the Philistines take this well away from us? Amen. We stand on the oath of God's word and we say, this is our lamb. Amen. We present the lamb and say, it is mine. Amen. No filling sign. No devil's going to take away my right to this water. Jesus would say in John 7:37, what's the words? In the last day, that great day, in the last days, John 7:37, in the last day, that great day of the feast. Now, where are we at? Somebody answer the question. Amen. I'm asking you a question. Where are we at? The last day. Amen. That great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Amen. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And of course, this he spoke of the spirit which would come. Now, so you see, God gave us a well. And he provided a lamb for us. Amen. That when we come down even to the last church age, there will be a lamb provided to say to the devil, listen, you can't take this water of life away from us. This is our water. Hallelujah. How many would say that this morning? This is our water. Amen. This is our well. And we're not going to let the devil take away from us the divine promise of God, that living water of God. Hallelujah. Because he said, out of his innermost belly shall flow rivers of living water. I'm telling you, if the devil's tried to stop up your, up your well, you tell him to back off. You've got a lamb that is a part of this oath. God gives a sevenfold oath. Come on, right down to the seventh church age. Are we in that age? Amen. Then God provided an atonement to make sure you have this living water. That you can say, this is my right. This is for my children. This is for my children's children. Amen. That anyone that is thirsty can come and drink of the water of life freely. Now, Jeremiah would tell us that our people, in Jeremiah 2.13, he said, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountains of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And this is the, this is the truth. This is the, the problem of the age. 
You see, the people of the age have committed two evils. One, they've forsaken God. The fountain of living waters. You know, when a, when a man drinks and smokes and commits adultery, you know, he's trying to satisfy a thirst that's in him. He's, he's been made to thirst for God. But, he, but here, without the water, he's never going to find life. Amen. And it's an evil to forsake God and go out after drugs and alcohol. Come on, tobacco and all these sexual sins and everything else. Come on. Amen. That is an evil. And he said, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out cisterns. Broken cisterns that can hold no waters. And that's a, that is the evil of this age. Because people are going to cisterns instead of the well. And a cistern is where a little rain fell and a day passed, but there's no water there no more. Because they had no way to hold it. It's a broken cistern. Amen. And there's been revivals of the past, but the Methodist revival has failed. And the Baptist revival has failed. And the Pentecostal revival has failed. And all these other revivals have all failed because they're broken cisterns. Amen. And that's an evil to go to a cistern to get a drink when there's no water there. But I'll tell you what, God's provided for you a living fountain. Because he says God is a living fountain of water. Amen. Of living water. Again, Isaiah 12 and 2 said, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. is also, it has become my salvation. Can we say that this morning? Can we say it that God is my salvation? I will trust. I will not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. Oh, we ought to be the most joyful people in the land today because we got water that we can draw out of the wells of salvation. There's deliverance from sin. There's deliverance from sickness. There's deliverance from the evil of the world. Hallelujah. And with joy, we can draw out of that well. Hallelujah. Brother Branham would tell us, now, what did Abraham do? He staggered not at the promises of God, those impossibilities. What would a man 75 years old with a 65-year-old wife do? They went to the doctor and said, we want to make arrangements. The hospital, we're going to have a baby. Then 25 years later, said, doc, you still holding that hospital open? It makes you act funny. Your decisions are odd to the world. But it's a believer, no matter how strange it seems, the Bible said that. He was fully persuaded that God was able to perform what he said he would do. Amen. Instead of getting weaker, he got stronger. He just believed more. 
Amen. He, he just had to believe more. You say, well, Brother Tim, my, my, my child went out into sin. And then they married an unbeliever. Well, you just got to enlarge your, your faith a little more. Now you not only got to believe for him, but you got to believe for, uh, for your child, but maybe the spouse. You, you know, you just enlarge your faith. Lord, somehow you're going to do it anyhow. Maybe you rest or you raised them the best you could and done the best you knew how. And, and yet it seems all went sideways. Let me tell you, you hold on to that promise. They will be there and their offsprings with them. You may not see it now. You may not even tell it now. But you believe that somehow, somewhere, back in the background, somewhere, God's a working, God's a moving. God's a drawing, God's a sending his angels. Hallelujah. This ought to be the achievement of every believer this afternoon. God is able to keep every word that he said he would do. He says, I don't care what the denominations say. Words, days of miracles is past. All of this is telepathy and, it's, and all is fortune telling. Brother Brandon said, it doesn't matter to me what they say. I still believe if that gun is zeroed to the target, it'll hit the target. And I believe if a believer is zeroed with the word of God, it'll hit the same thing. If the word of God, if the word of God ever promised it, it'll do it again. So if he done it once, he'll do it again. If he did it for somebody else, he can do it for you. Hallelujah, you ought to just look around and see what the Lord's been doing. Amen, how he's been dealing with the lost. How he's been healing the sick. Amen. How he's been saving and delivering. Come on. Then we ought to look around and say, if he can do it for that one, if he can do it one time, he can do it again. If he can bring that loved one in for that family, he can bring my loved one in. Amen. If he can heal that sick, he can heal my sickness. Hallelujah. It's wells of water of salvation. Deliverance. Is anything too hard for the Lord? God's able to get your hard heart. I don't care how you've walled it off. He knows how to break it. He knows how to get to you. He's a God of mercy. He's not willing that any should perish. I believe if a believer is zeroed with the word of God, it'll hit the same thing. If the word of God ever promised it, it'll do it again. I'm fully persuaded of that, that when we see we're in this age when it's supposed to be here, it's supposed to be here. These things are supposed to take place. Now I'm getting to something in this quote. And listen, that's the reason I do believe that when the bride is called out and elected and set in the book of life, there'll come a sound from heaven that I take such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into that bride that I take her from the earth in a rapture and grace. 
God promised it. I don't care how many science or how many astronauts they signed up and, and everything else or how many million miles they can see. I don't care nothing about that. There he is a heaven. And there's a literal Lord Jesus Christ that'll come in a body form to receive his church to himself. And no matter how old the story seems, it's still the truth. God said so. That's what believers believe. So every one of us can have our eye on his coming. On that moment that he break his, breaks dimensions. And we go to meet him in the air breaking dimensions also. God said, and I'm continuing to quote now. I'm the Lord who heals all thy diseases. I'm God and I change not. Amen. And God is, and God is word. And if God don't change, how's the word going to change? See, I'm God, I change not. And the scripture says that God said it himself. And he cannot change, then he is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the unchangeable word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. How many believes in the unchangeable word this morning? What God did once, he'll do it again. What he was in one age, he'll be the same in the next age. Amen. How he healed 40, 50 years ago, he's still got today. Amen. The way he filled with the Holy Ghost there is the way he feels with the Holy Ghost now. Because he can't change. There's one thing our Israeli guide did for us. He broke down the word Elohim. And he said Elohim, or Jehovah actually, he said the word, the name Jehovah is actually three different Hebrew words put together. And he said one, uh, one word means past, and the next word means present, and the next word of his name means future. He is past, present, future. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. When he said, let there be light, amen, it had to happen. When he speaks and said, let there be light on the darkened soul, it has to happen. Amen. It has to happen. Amen. His word has to come to pass. Now, while we look faithfully with an eye on that coming, and this is where I want to get you to. And I want to establish first, we are looking for the literal Lord Jesus. We will meet him in the air. That's what believers believe. And while we look faithfully with an eye on that coming, we also want to know before the groom comes, there must be a bride come forth in full power. And being that the bride is of him, of his same genus, of his same species, of his same creation, of his same life, then it is God in bride form coming. Amen. And before she comes, there must come one in the spirit and the power of Elijah as John the Baptist was to prepare the way for her coming. And when she comes forth in her fullness, then the groom will come and take her away. We're getting closer. We're nearer now than when we first believed. 
Amen. For when that bride is called out and elected and set in the book of life, there will come a sound from heaven that will take such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into that bride that it will take her from the earth in a rapture and grace. How many is ready for a refreshing? Amen. How many is ready for another, the final outpouring, the final burst of the Holy Ghost? Amen. That will transform us in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. There's some believers here expecting that. Now, Jesus, when he left, we went through it. When I preached here last, and when he left, he sent out men to preach and to demonstrate the gospel in his place. Paul, when he left, he sent out men to preach in his place. Brother Branham, when he left, he too spoke of a church, the bride who would rise on the scene to finish the work. Now, like John, Brother Branham was a forerunner. Even as John, he told us he was forerunning someone. He wasn't forerunning himself. He was forerunning somebody else. Come on. Amen. And, and listen, he fulfilled all one man's scriptures, so it wouldn't be another man he's forerunning. Amen. So it would be, as he said, the bride he was forerunning. Amen. Now, he would tell us, you know, that even as John, he told us he was forerunning someone. John was not the Messiah. He was pointing to the Messiah. Amen. First, he was forerunning the word because Brother Branham told us in spoken words, original seed, my mission, I believe to the earth, is to forerun the coming word, which is Christ. Amen. Amen. Somebody with me or did you hang up? He forerun Christ. And Christ came. And how did he come? In word form. Now, is that the fulfillment of the trump? No. But it's still part of his coming. Amen. Amen. He came in word form. The word coming to a prophet. Amen. Who would bring it to the people. A message to prepare our hearts. What a promise that is. Like I said, church, you're not on Mount Pisgah over there looking in. Amen. You're looking back and can see Mount Pisgah, but you're in the promised land. You're right here seeing what the Word of God said. It's materialized before you. You understand now what the shout is. Amen. You know your heart has been turned back to the original faith, to the original doctrines, and the original power. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, my mission is to forerun the coming word, which is Christ. So I want to get something to you. Christ came in a shout. In the word form. So we can look and now say, Christ has come. And we can look at that in past. And we can stand here and say, but the word had to be made flesh. And this is where Brother Branham would say that in that second phase, the word would be made flesh in a bride. So he was forerunning the bride. And he said, 
I believe as the first forerunner came from the wilderness and cried, Behold the Lamb of God, the second forerunner will do the same by pointing the people to a word-born bride. So that word was to give birth to a bride. Amen. The word would be born in her. She would be a word bride. Not a denominational bride, not a harlot, not a whore, but a virgin bride. The word would become flesh. And I'm looking at it. Amen. I'm still preaching his coming. Amen. He's come. He is here. And he's coming. Amen. I want to get it to you. He's here this morning. Amen. Where is he at? Oh, is it his nail-scored body? No, it's your body. It's Christ revealed in his bride. It's God in his people. Hallelujah. That's it. Now, so again, in the last of the age of Laodicea, we know Christ spews out the unbelieving churches who speak for themselves now. And not for, and, and also of themselves. In other words, they no longer, they are no longer the mouth of God. They may have spoke for God in times past, just as Luther did when he protested the Roman church and spoke for God, saying, the just shall live by faith. Just as Wesley did by preaching sanctification. Just as the Pentecostals did by, by preaching of the gifts of the Spirit. But in this last day, there is another people in the land who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. And he would tell us the church is no longer the mouthpiece of God. He's spewed them out. They have become their own mouthpiece. Amen. Amen. When, when, the, when the United Methodist Church is, is ordaining gay women priests, you think that's the mouth of God? No, that's not the mouth of God. That's the mouth of the whore. A polluted system. Come on, church. Amen. It's not the mouth of God. They're not speaking for God. They're speaking of themselves, of their own sins and their own impurity. Come on. When they say it's all right for, for, the, for all these sins and things to be committed in the church and holiness to be, to be cast aside, and I just want to get something to you for a moment, you know, because here, here again we're seeing where it's coming right down into our ranks, right down into our ranks where you see sin creeping in. And the reason why sin can creep in is because of the lack of the seal of the Holy Ghost. Amen, because death is going through the land. And when you see somebody, and I'm talking about you believers that know better, amen, that's been taught right, you see them go on and don't care what the Word of God said, show up their knees and do all the other stuff they're doing and low-cut blouses and way down and skin tight and all these other sinful things that you can't move without sin. And it shows the seal of God is not there. You can thumb your nose up at You can pretend you're okay. But I'll tell you what. You need a birth at Calvary. That'll take that big eye. And little you out of your life. And put in there of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That'll, that'll make us there. Cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And purified. 
Come on, church. God's coming for a holy church. She'll be without spot or wrinkle. Said, so, well, I think that's all, all right. You're your own mouthpiece. Well, I, I think you're your own mouthpiece. But there's going to be a people in the land that is God's mouthpiece. They're going to say what the Spirit said. They're not saying something contrary to the Word. They're saying what the Word said. Come on. Amen. Now, so you see, again, in this last age, there is another people who is given voice to the Word of God. They are the mouthpiece of God. Amen. They are the revealed sons of God. God revealing his word in them. And so the word becomes on display in their lives. Amen. The way God looks at holiness. The way God looks at, 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 at life. Everything. Your, your views. Your thoughts. Become God's. Becomes what God thinks about it. Put in your own thoughts and thinking aside. Well, I think. You know, again, we come right down to I think, I think, I, I believe, or everybody else. You know, there again, there's a difference between what God's word says and what everybody else thinks and are saying. You want to make sure what you think is what God thinks. Amen. Make sure that whatever says I is agrees with this. I am the Lord thy God and I change not. Somebody home today? Amen. The bride of Christ. Amen. She is God's voice upon the earth. Think about that. What a wonderful place to be in this morning. That you can be God's voice on the earth. His thoughts on display. His thoughts made flesh. The bride of Christ has a great ministry. It's the ministry of the hour. I'm quoting your prophet. You are the ministry of the hour. Let me say it again. This bride is the ministry of the hour. Amen. It's a great ministry. And she also consists of apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. You see, it's going on right now. The bride's ministry. Say, will the bride have a ministry? She's got a ministry. You are the ministry. I'm trying to get you to understand, church, where we are in the coming. The coming is present. Yes, the coming is past, and we can look over there and say where he come and spoke through a prophet, but now you are the voice of God. This bride, under her messenger, now the mouth of God, he spewed the church, and he's speaking through the prophet and the bride because they're saying the same thing. Now, his voice will be the same as it was in every age. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this is why it would be the voice of the ministers through the Holy Spirit that's cried out to the people in every age, the sound of many waters. You know, let's just go back for a minute to the Old Testament. 
We can look and we can say, was Abraham God's voice? Was Isaac God's voice? Was Jacob God's voice? Is everybody on with me on the same page? Now let's carry back again. Was Sarah God's voice? Was Rebecca God's voice? Was Eliezer God's voice? Come on, church. Amen. Was, was Rachel and Leah God's voice? Amen. You see, it's not just a, a man thing. It's the bride. Down to the ages, Ruth was the voice of God. Esther was the voice of God. Hannah was the voice of God. Amen. Deborah was the voice of God. You are the voice of God. You're displaying the world, his voice. You're the living, revealed son of God, sons and daughters of God. God revealed, manifested. That's what it means when it says, the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation, the apocalypse, or the revelation of the sons of God. Amen. Apocalypse simply means the unveiling. You're the unveiling. Where's he hiding behind? Your skin. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Come on, church. Now, to those that Jesus called, he gave power and jurisdiction and authority. How many has been called? Then if you've been called, are you a believer? He gave you power, amen, jurisdiction and authority. Over every unclean spirit. Did you hear what I said? Over every unclean spirit. Amen. Cancer is an unclean spirit. Diabetes is an unclean spirit. Amen. Whatever is sin is an unclean spirit. Alcohol, drinking, smoking, dope, all are unclean spirits. And he gave you the power over them. Hallelujah. I'm looking at men and women. You know the unclean spirit that had you bound. Amen. You know, you know what had a hold of you. But he gave you power over it. He gave you jurisdiction over it. Amen. This is my well. This is my water. This is my, my wells of salvation. I'm delivered. And with joy, I'm going to draw from them. There ain't no devil going to take my water. There's no devil going to take my joy. There's no devil going to take my deliverance. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. And how are you going to do it? Just like he did with a word. He cast them out. Words have power. Words have power. With a word, he cast them out. Matthew 10, 1, when he called his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to live with them and be under bondage to them. Did I misread that jet lag? He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. What is the church to do with sickness? 
What is the church to do with sin? What is the church to do with unbelief? Hallelujah. And to heal all manner. Give me a name. Give me a name. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Hallelujah. Because the name of Jesus Christ is higher and greater than any name that at the name of Jesus every knee has to bow. And every tongue has to confess he's Lord. He's the ruler. He's the boss. God gave us more than doctrine. He gave us doctrine. But he gave us, the doctrine that he gave us was a different kind of doctrine. Not the doctrine of Pharisees with no power. Wasn't doctrine of Sadducees with no power. Now they had power, but it was man's power. They had political power, but they didn't have God's power. Amen. But the doctrine he preached was the word with power. Amen. And if our doctrine doesn't have power in it, it's a false doctrine. It ain't God's doctrine. It's another denominational creed. And they were astonished at his doctrine for his word with power. For with a word he cast out unclean spirits. Luke 4.32. Let me give you that reference. Astonished at his doctrine. I wonder, what is his doctrine today? Amen. His doctrine is more than... Do's and don'ts. His doctrine is more than uh, than a, a mental understanding. His doctrine is power. It has power in it. For with the word, he cast out unclean spirits. And they were all amazed, verse 36, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power, he commandeth, the unclean spirits, and they come out. Jesus' doctrine has power. Amen. No wonder the people were astonished at his doctrine. Amen. Because he knew what he was talking about. And Brother Branham said the church now should have a double portion of the spirit. For it is true, like Elijah's garment that fell upon Elisha, a double portion, the same thing come from Jesus Christ. So now you say, oh, Brother Bradham, you're talking about his church. That's right. That's his body. Amen. He said, isn't my wife a part of my body and your wife part of your body? Flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone by holy union. Is that right? That's the reason a Christian shouldn't be married to a harlot. That's not right. No, sir, because it breaks the things of God. That's right. So you see, again, he said, the government, and he uses the scripture, Isaiah 9 and 6, the government shall be upon his shoulder. He said, where's the government then on the earth? It's in his body. Hallelujah. And he goes to the scripture and he said, the saints, 
He said, I dare you to take another to, 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 to court with one another, not take it before the church. Because the, the, the saints shall judge the earth. Amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 3, know you not we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? Now, who are those who are saying we have no right to judge? Come on. Who in the world is that that can stand there and say we have no right to judge? We're the only ones that got a right to judge. We're to call sin, sin. Right, right. Wrong, wrong. Amen. Because we'll even judge angels. Thou unclean spirit, come out of him. What are you doing judging him as an unclean spirit? You have no right here. You're passing a judgment. Amen. It's time we pass a judgment on the devil. Come on. He made you a king and a priest with dominion. He didn't do that for nothing. He put you in that position to judge, to rule. Cast him out. The government upon his shoulders, his earthly strength, God's earthly strength, is his word made flesh here on the earth, bringing it to pass. God's earthly strength is his word made flesh in his body here on earth, bringing it to pass. You're God, you're the strength of God on display. It's a hidden power within you. You may look like a wimp. So did Samson. Amen. People can judge you as a nobody. They dismiss them like they did Samson. But then the Spirit of the Lord moved on him. He was a different man. Come on. Amen. I'm talking about a people that's got a hidden power on the inside of them to rise to the occasion. When sin comes, when sickness comes, when diseases come, when afflictions come, there's something that rises within us to the occasion. Coming back to saying, this is my well, this is my promise, this is God's word to me. Wake your neighbor up. Go ahead, elbow the person next to you. Wake up. I'm tired of preaching to sleeping virgins. I want to preach to people that are pure, that's awake. Hallelujah. His word's true. His word's real. Let me bring it down to what Brother Branham said. This is what I'm trying to say. Would you like to know, as he would sum it up, spoken words of his original seed, and, and he'd sum it up and he'd say, this is what I'm trying to say. I'll tell you the next sermon. I'll do part two. Oh, you want to hear? I'll preach to you, Brother Tony. God bless you. Amen. So he says, this is what I'm trying to say to you. The law of reproduction brings forth of its kind. Come on. If God brings forth a son, it's going to be just like him. It's going to believe like him. It will have his potential. It will have his power. It will be him reproduced. The bride is to be him. 
Not a different species, not another genus, but him. Amen. These last days. How many believes we're in the last days? Here's what I'm trying to say now to you in the last days. The true church bride comes to the headstone. We'll be a super church. I'm preaching to a super church. A super race. As she nears that great headstone, as he's coming down, we're becoming like him. Hallelujah. A super church. A super race. Even they will be so much like him. So much like him. Even they will be in his very image. In order to be united with him, they will be one. They will be the manifestation, the apocalypse, the revelation, the unveiling of the word of the living God. Amen. Let me read it again. This last day, true church bride comes to the headstone, will be the super church as she nears that great headstone. They'll be much like him, so much like him. Even they will be in his very image in order to be united with him. They will be one. Come on, church. Amen. So if, if that's him coming in the air, come on. And that's him coming in the word, is the word God. And then his coming here is God. Then guess what his coming here he is? In bride form. It's God once more again. God and his people. Amen. Hallelujah. God in his church. To demonstrate his very life. To demonstrate his very power. To see his great glory. Now let's just go back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There's glory to be revealed in us. His glory to be revealed. What? For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. Now let me bring this down to home right quick. We'll bring it right down to home. Listen, Brother Branham tells us in the Word Made Flesh, India Trip Report, what kind of a people would it be this morning? If this Branham Tabernacle this morning was so filled with the presence of God... Why, why, when you didn't even use your own mind, you didn't even use your own thoughts, and didn't even have no ultimacy of your own. In other words, you wasn't your own, uh, your own ultimate. Amen. Your, your own mind wasn't, wasn't your absolute, but God's word was your absolute. But just be led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, church. There's somebody going to be led by the Spirit in this last day. There's somebody that's going to use their own mind or their own thoughts or have no ultimacy of their own, but be led by the Spirit. What if? What if that impulse of the Holy Spirit would come time after time? Amen. Where we see it, where we see it happen, when when a need was to go to Japan. Amen. And something moves and sweeps over you and you say, it'll be $10,000. Yeah. 
from a stranger. Standing in a hospital room, she'll be in the room tonight. In the, in the ICU room, tomorrow night she'll be in her own bed. Or in, in the regular room, and the next night in her own bed. Standing right there, what was it? Not using your own mind. Amen. But speaking as a son of God. It will be. And it was. Amen. Oh, that we could find that channel. And realize there's a people going to walk in that channel. Men and women that can be led by the spirit of God. Not led by Hollywood. Not led by sin. But led by God. And they that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Then when the human element goes out and the Spirit of God fills that vacancy, when you, where you empty yourself, amen, then will be when the church in its power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus will walk in His steps, in His power, in His thoughts, in His being, in His moving. You see what I mean? Then your thoughts will become words. And words will become material. That's when the church in its power. Come on, I preach about you being the mouthpiece. You being revealed as sons. Speaking for him and by him. Not using your own mind. Amen, or the mind of the world. But stepping in that channel of what God said is the truth. Amen, I believe it. I'm going to stand on it like Abraham did. No matter how long it takes, it's God's word. I believe it's on this road that the church will be so wrapped in Christ, the Holy Spirit, mankind so far away from themselves that they don't see themselves. They don't have no thoughts but to serve God. And their thoughts move on and they refuse the things of the world. And they just move in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, move in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Then the love of God in the human heart, moving in the Holy Ghost. That great, wonderful church will go forth with power and deity. Because deity will be revealed in human beings by the Holy Spirit. Bringing to pass the thought of their mind. Come on, church. Didn't that happen under the blood of bulls and goats with Moses? Then how much more under the blood of Jesus Christ? It brings you back into speaking conditions. Hallelujah. Why are we crying then? Why aren't we speaking? Why are we stumbling around? Why are we just taking that word and saying, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I'll not back on it. This is my well. This is my promise. I've got a lamb here to, 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 to declare to you. It's under oath. I dug this well. This is my promise. Israel in the church. Got to have a faith that a change and quicken this body and be taken away. I believe there's only a church on its road tonight. A power of the living God. Now wait a minute. This is 1953. That's a long time ago. I'm a 54 model, I know. That's a long time ago. How much more down the road are we? 
Amen. The, the seventh angel has quit sounding his message. He's not preaching in Jeffersonville. He's not preaching in Tucson. Oh, they can pretend when they push play, he's standing there. We'll introduce you, Brother Branham now. All that is pretend. It's play. It's makeup. It's imaginary. It's insanity. It's spiritualism. I don't know what else you want to call it, but it, you know, you, you can't have Brother Branham come and serve you communion. That's spiritualism. Amen. That's where the church has got into idolatry. Amen. But there's a bride of people here on the earth. Amen. That ain't going to swallow that kind of idolatry. Amen. Because they know that just as he was there, Christ is here. Amen. We don't have to look back to yesterday. We are right here today because he is Jehovah the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe there's a church on its road tonight. I want to say we are that church today. Amen. A power of living God that men will speak the word here and there and it'll flash like lightning. And the church coming out is coming out not a psychologist not some of this put on make believe, but a real, true, genuine, anointed, Holy Ghost called out church. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Down with all this psychology. Amen. People, you know, we, we tried to marry that right into the message and blend it. You know why? Because it denied the power of the gospel. So we had to go to psychology and bring that in. Come on. Amen. Change your behavior and change this. And, you know, just give you some lessons there. You need a birth. Get the Holy Ghost. It'll fix your marriage problem. It'll fix your teenage rebellion. Amen. I got a book for you to read. And it's not a book but written by a psychologist. It's a book written by a genealogist. And if you're of his genus... You'll do just like this book. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. I'm coming down to the home stretch. Amen. But it's a long ways to home. Amen. John G. Lake, one of the early Pentecostal fathers, prophesied these words. He said, I can see as my spirit discerns this future and, and reaches out to touch the heart of mankind and the desire of God that there is coming from heaven a new manifestation of the Holy Spirit in power. And that new manifestation will be in sweetness and love, in tenderness and the power of the Spirit beyond anything your heart or mind ever saw. The very lightning of God will flash through men's souls and the sons of God will meet the sons of darkness and prevail. Amen. I believe that this morning. The sons of God will meet the sons of darkness and prevail. There is a prevailing church on earth that the gates of hell cannot prevail against her. Amen. It might have prevailed against Luther and they become a denomination. Prevailed against Wesleyan, they become a denomination. Prevailed against Pentecost and they become a denomination. They might prevail against some movements in the message and they become a denomination. But this church, this bride, the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, 
You may be in this last age. You may feel all alone like Daniel. But I just want you to remember in the carrying out of a way of, of Babylon, and I'm quoting Brother Branham. Remember, if God has a work for you to do, how many believes the bride has a work? If God has a work for you to do, all the demons out of torment can't take you. They can't, just can't startle you in any way. God's got a purpose for the Holy Ghost Church. And all the devils of hell will never be able to take it away. God's got a purpose for it. And it will never be destroyed until God lets it fulfill the purpose he has ordained it to do. And it will. And I've just got news for you. This church ain't going to be destroyed. She's going to be taken up. She's escaping the things that is coming on the earth. I want to share for you. A prayer of Brother Branham's that he had, that he prayed for the followers of this message. And he's preaching the sermon, seed not air with a shuck. He's at the end of his sermon, and this is his prayer over you. Would you like to hear his prayer over you? Our Heavenly Father, your word said the last commission you gave to the church was, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The general orders, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they drink any deadly thing, it wouldn't hurt them. They take up serpents, they shall not harm them. They lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. You know, those are the last words that Jesus left his disciples with. This is a prayer Brother Branham is praying now. Oh, Jehovah Eagle, feed your little ones tonight upon the word, Lord. They're needy. That's the diet they need. That's what they need to know what the food is, what thus saith the Lord is. You promised if they laid hands on one another that they would recover. Oh, Lord God, take all doubts. And vulture ideas away from us now. And we feed solemnly upon the eagle food of the word of God. Let every unclean spirit that's in these people. Every spirit of doubting. Every spirit of fear. Every denominational cling. Every habit. Every sickness. Every disease that's among the people. Leave. In the name of Jesus Christ, may it come out of this group of people and may they be free from this hour on that they can eat the eagle food that we're believing you'll send us through this week, Lord. Break open those seals and showing us that those mysteries that's been hid since the foundational world as you promised, they're yours, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you say amen to it? Then you're taking that for yourself. Hallelujah, ever spirit, ever unbelief, ever denominational claim, ever sickness, ever disease. You are declared free from it. Amen, you are declared delivered from it. You are declared saved from it. Hallelujah. I'm beginning to feel about 10 foot tall right now. 
Amen. Don't look with your sight. Look by your faith. Amen. Who was bigger, David or Goliath? David was. But you have to look with faith to see it. Why was he so big? Because he's serving a big God. Amen. And Goliath had zero. Amen. Why we ought to be a people that says this day, I'll take your head off. Amen. Because I come in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You come with your arms and your spears, but I come in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And at that name, every knee has to bow. Because it's your word, it's your promise. It's for you as Abraham's faith to look there and believe that. Brother Branham would tell us we were enthroned higher than an angel. He said, God stooped us down, stooped down and picked us up, redeemed us. And now we're but the angels right now. What is it? An angel's a servant. We're sons and daughters. What is most thought of? Your servant or your son or daughter. Oh, my prayer from a saint will go a million times higher than an angel's. Because he's a son. And he said, oh, amen, that's right, my brother and sister. He said, the church, I don't believe this side of eternity. I will ever realize that what you are, the position you are, and that God has placed you spirit-filled people. You are sons of God. Why? An angel's a servant, and you're a son. An angel can only bring you a message, but you have to act. Amen. You are the actor on the scene. Glory to God. One time, the drama on the stage was set. Amen. In 1946, a man walks out with the angel of God having visited him. Walks out onto the stage. And there began to play out God's drama. Preparing people for the coming of the Lord. And for coming up to a message. Amen. Come on. To introduce a message that would turn the hearts of the children back to the face of the fathers. Is that right? Amen. Back then, Brother Branham was the actor on the stage. He's not the actor on the stage. He is now going on. Amen. He's not here acting it out. Oh, you can push play all you want to and you can pretend, but that's, that's not him. That, yeah, yeah, that's a recording. Amen. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. It's important. It's the message. But oh, unless it's made flesh, it's just a recording. It's got to be made flesh to where you realize now I am the actor. I'm the one on the stage. It's my time to believe. It's my time to speak. It's my time to take God's word. It's my time. Oh, hallelujah. 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 It's my time. Glory to God, because now you are the actor on the stage of time. Glory to God, where sons of God will be revealed. Hallelujah, not revealing a prophet, revealing a bride. 
You're the actor on the scene. You're the son. The angels are servants to bring you the message. Said, I brought you this message for you to do so and so. This is from the Father. I bring it to you. Yes, that's all it is. Amen. You are sons and daughters of God. Come on now. Isn't that scripture? Now you are the sons of God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Predestinated. Oh, listen. Watch just a minute. According as he hath chosen us. Now, we didn't choose. How could I choose him? Listen now. 400 billion, million, billion, trillion years ago. How could I have chosen him? Oh, but he chose me. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. Now, don't try to make it yourself because you can't. And be without blame before him in love. He chose you to be that. So I'm not that, Brother Tim. Boy, he chose you to be. Somebody help me preach now. So I'm not that yet, Brother but he chose you to be that. Come on. And if he chose you to be that, there ain't nothing going to change his mind. Glory to God, so I'm going to be everything he said I would be. Hallelujah. Notice this. First of all, we must assuredly, know most assuredly that the purpose of God stands in election. It was purposed in himself. It was God's purpose to bring forth the people like unto himself that would be a word bride. She was chosen before the foundation of the world in him. She was foreknown and beloved before she was ever brought forth during the ages upon the earth. She was redeemed by his blood and can never come into condemnation. Somebody ought to say glory to God. Amen. That's what it means to be chosen. You can never come into condemnation. You were chosen to be like him. Now, Brother Brandon would tell us again, and I've been quoting out of this, three kinds of believer. And here we are down in this Laodicean age. We're taught in this Laodicean age that Christ was put on the outside of the church, even knocking on the door trying to get back in. So when we see that happening, we know what age we're living in. And then we're at the closing of the history of the world. The book is now being finished. The last line will be wrote across it someday. And she'll be closed up. And then time shall be no more. Amen. I want to be here till that last line is wrote. And I want my name in there saying in that last line, Tim Pruitt staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving glory to God. Come on. And he said, the last line will be wrote across her someday, and she'll be closed up. Then time shall be no more. And there is a great drama being set. And angels are standing over the sky watching. You know what a drama is? 
The actors are ready. You're the actor. You can see them acting. You can see the evil one acting. Oh, even on this stage is the evil one. More evil than you ever saw. Amen. You can see the villain of the play. How he's come on the scene with this cunningness to deceive. But you can see, also see the raptured church making herself ready. It's a great scene. You can see the presence of God vindicating and making the great drama that's foretold here in this Bible to act itself out. What a time to live. The most glorious time. The man of all ages has longed for this time looking over from Pisgah. The prophets of old have longed to see this hour, but it wasn't privileged. They could only see it from afar. They could talk about it. They could look at it. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. There will come a day. There will come a time. I can see. You can hear John G. Lake. I can see as my spirit discerns the future. John G. Lake. You can see it. Here they are looking, trying to see. And I'm telling you, you're here. You're not outside. You're in the land. Hallelujah. The promises are yours. They're one yours. My man, you're to walk right in and possess your promise to claim your inheritance. It's your time to act. It's your time for exploits. We preach about Daniel and he prayed in his exploits. With the lion, the lion's den, we preach about the Hebrew children and the fourth man in the fire and their exploits. It's your time for exploits. The people who know their God will do exploits. Amen. Come on. That's exactly right. Listen, church. Just about every place that we went to in Israel... Maybe not every place, but in many other places. If they wasn't bringing young boys and girls there, they were bringing soldiers there to these places. They said, This is what we did. This is what happened. They would take them to places like Ben Gurion and how he stood for Islam, declared in the midst of odds. We will be a nation when the whole world was against him. And just the next day, armies would come. And them being a poor, under-equipped army, very, very poor, come against mighty Soviet-trained armies. And they, they repelled them and whipped them and became a nation. And they would take them to places. They'd take them to places like Masada, where men stood, and they would take them to places, you know, like in, in, in the different, to the Holocaust and to the different places. Here is where, here's where our people, they had a determination. They had a, they had a, a desire. We must have this homeland. We must fight for our inheritance. Amen. We're trying to go back to every Bible character. Amen. To Daniel, to Job, to, to Elijah, to Jeremiah, to Jesus Christ, down to Paul, right down to William Branham, and say, to try to inspire you to make you believe, now is my time. It is my time to fight. It is my time.
time to be the actor on the stage. It's my time to demonstrate his power and to do the exploits. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Then that must be what your voice says. Come on. If Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater than these shall you do, then that's what you must do. You're here to do exploits. You're to do greater things than Jesus did. You hung up on me and went home there. But I'm going to bring you right back again. Jesus said with a double vow, amen, with a double, with a double oath, verily, verily, which is amen, amen, I say unto you that the works that I do shall you do also and greater than these. Shall you do, for I go to my father. But not me, Brother Tim, but Ruth could do it, and, and Boaz could do it, and Esther could do it, and Sarah could believe, and all it, but not me. We've got to readjust this thing. You're the living Bible. You're there, the Bible past. You're the, the Bible present. Come on. Amen. Jesus said it. Now listen. Listen, Brother Branham now. No matter what the doctor says is wrong with you, which the man is giving you the diagnosis of the case and probably knows just what he's talking about as far as instruments and knowledge will permit him to know. But he says there's nothing left but death. But you pray and stand in yonder in the future. You can see a well man or woman standing there. Yes, that's it. And that's just it. You just walk in right into that just as certain as anything because you believe it. God has spoken it. You know it's so. Come on. Amen. Again, going back to angels. An angel now, is an angel a higher order than man or, man or a lower angel, all right? Which is the greatest, a son of God or an angel? A son of God. Which would God hear the best? An angel standing there before him pleading for something? Or one of you all pleading? One of you all. See, because you're sons and daughters, they are servants. Their servants and your sons and daughters. See, so see what authority you have. We're just afraid to use it. You're the actor. You're the one with the part. It's your turn to speak. It's this day sons of God will be revealed. Amen. In the day past... Uh, I know that hurts you for me to say that. But in, in, in just 50 years ago, can I say it that way? God was being revealed to Malachi 4. But now he's being revealed in bright form. That's where his revealing is. You're the actor. You're the one with the part. It's your turn to speak. It's adoption age. 
God's adopting a church. Did you hear what I said? He's bringing a church to maturity. He's giving her check signing authority. He's putting his own robe upon her. Upon this bride I'm talking about. Amen. This is where, where we're at. We are in the adoption age. The age of the mature elect lady till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, a mature man. That's where we're at. That's where God's trying to get his church. Just say to this mountain, be moved. And it will move. Authority, sons of God, the whole creation groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, waiting to a spot to where that a sickness will be uh, arise. And it'll be that way. The blind will receive their sight. Deaf and dumb, we pray for them now, but then you'll command it. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? Are you still with me now? Amen. This prophet of God said, it will, they, will, they will say the sickness arise, and it'll be that way. The blind will receive their sight. Deaf and dumb, we pray for them now, but then you will command it. We're talking about a mature church who knows who they are, who knows their position, who knows they're to do greater works. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall pray for the sick. They shall cast out the devil. Not I will, they will. If you say this mountain, not if I say, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart. What we need is adoptions. Sons and daughters needs adoption. Now you are adopted by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I'm talking about a church. I'm talking the bride as a whole coming to the place of maturity, of knowing who they are, of standing there on the promise, of operating in faith, of doing exploits. And I'm telling you, that's not coming. I'm telling you, that's here. That's the phase we are in. Now, Brother Brandon said, what do you think the writer of this book that's seen it? Seen where it be manifest in this last days, waiting and groaning for the sons of God to rise in the last day with the power of the Holy Ghost at the end of the age to reveal the secret things from the foundation of the world to bring them up. And didn't we see that done? Secret things. Thunders. To every other age, just a noise. But in your age, a voice. Amen. Understanding and, and bringing the people to know their God. For what? So that they can do exploits. It's time for sons of God to be positioned in place with authority. Brother Branham said the church is supposed to be predestinated unto adoption of children. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 3. Let's just see what it says. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Can you put it up, Sister Amanda? 
Blessed be the God and our Father who hath blessed us. Come on, I need some class participation here. With how many? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's the believer's position in Christ. So when we're in our position, we're blessed with all. Come on now, Israel is in their position. So now they're blessed with all of God's promises. They're going to receive their Messiah. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father who hath blessed us because we're in our place. This message has placed you. How many can agree to that? The message has placed you. Amen. Now watch now. Next verse. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That may not be where you're at right now, but that's where you're going to be. You've been chosen unto adoption. Now listen, church. Chosen to adoption. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Next verse. Give us the next one. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. So we are accepted in Christ. You've already been accepted. You're not waiting on exception. Amen. Because Christ is accepted, you are accepted. Come on. Do I need to go back to the, the, to the illustration in the Old Testament? When they, when, when they would come and drag their lamb up, the lamb or maybe carry it in their arms and present it there, the priest would not examine the worshiper to see if they were blameless or see if they were holy or see if they were good enough or see if they'd done everything right and crossed every T and dotted every I. What did the priest do? He examined the lamb. He didn't examine the worshiper. He examined the lamb. And if your lamb was judged to be without blemish, you were accepted as a worshiper. Amen. Amen. Come on now. I'm trying to get something to you. God's not looking to see if you're holy enough, if you're good enough, if you're righteous enough. Amen. Come on. He's looking to see if your lamb is worthy, then you are worthy. Come on, church. You are worthy because your lamb is worthy. Because Christ is accepted, you are accepted. Hallelujah. You can come boldly before the throne of grace as a worshiper because your lamb was accepted. Hallelujah. I'm coming down, right down to the wind-up now. Got a a lot of things on my plate. Listen, the manifestations of the sons of God that is waiting for the church to become into his position, Brother Branham says. Now, the other day in Israel, we were in the city of Tiberias. I woke real early because I knew that in the early mornings, heaven would move and shine its light over the Sea of Galilee. And I didn't want to miss the sunrise. 
The Sea of Galilee is called the Sea of Tiberias twice in the Bible. Tiberias is one of the principal towns there on the Sea of Galilee. Like I said, even called the Sea of Galilee, called the Sea of Tiberias. And there that morning I got up before the sun rose. Because I wanted to see it break over the mountain and shine down into the Sea of Galilee. Because I knew one day my Lord was on those waters. And I knew that, that when he was here in this pilgrim of on the earth, I was standing in the very land that he appeared to those people and revealed himself as the Christ, the Messiah. And as I watched the sun rise, I took this photo and as the sun rose, it, it rose like a pillar of fire over the sea. And there as I stood and watched it rise, seeing the Sea of Galilee, looking at the mountains, I knew my Lord had gazed upon, his own eyes had beheld these very mountains. I, I stood there and I wept. And my prayer was, Lord, fulfill us here in the second phase and bring us into that third phase. Bring us into that meeting in the air, Lord, that we long for. Bring that expected son. The church has been barren for 2,000 years. It's time it's time for his appearing. And I stood there and I, I wept and I prayed. I said, Lord, your church, your church has been a barren church. Longing to bring forth, to bring Christ back to the earth again. And as I prayed there in my prayers, the scripture welled up within me. And I want to share the scripture with you. It's in Psalms 113 and verse 1. Because I want you to understand, church, we will only be in this phase a short while longer. Sin has reached the heights. Satan is here in his fullness. It's time for the bride to be manifested in her fullness. Come on, church. Amen. It's about to change from the voice to the trump. The resurrection is about to happen. The dead in Christ is about to appear. We have preached about it, but we're here. We've talked about it, but we're here. Amen. We've reached the hour of it. The Son of Man has revealed Himself. Amen. The discernment has been shown that the word was here in full power. Amen. It's taken flesh in your heart, in my heart. Amen. It needs further manifestation. You ought to be saying, Lord, pour it out on me. Pour it out into me. I'm the actor on the, on the stage. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O oh, ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. His Lord is Jehovah. 
He that was, he that is, and he that shall come. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. And there I was standing in the place where the sun rose 2,000 years ago, the first manifested sun. Here I'm standing. We're here in the west. Amen. To the going down of the sun. And now it's about to end. And the cycle is about over. But there's still somebody on the earth who is still praising the name of God. Who is still lifting it high and reverencing and making holy that great name of God. I'm glad to be identified with a people like that this morning. Amen. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? This is God who came and humbled himself, walked as a man to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He left all of heaven to come to earth. Left all of glory to be born in a cave, in a a stable, in a manure pile. He came to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. More than that, to wrap himself and dwell among stinking humanity. To become one of us. Not the distant and far away God, but the personal God. He humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. And I was looking over the mountains and in the waters and the places and the scenes where the eyes of Jesus himself beheld. And then he says, he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. Hallelujah. That he may set him with princes, even with the princes of the people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to think of this a double promise. Amen. A double covenant. With the S-O-N rise. For the needy and for the barren woman. Glory to God. Amen. Look what he's revealed in you. He raised you up. A poor sinner out of the dust. And he lifted you out of the dunghill of sin. Some of you were drug addicts. Some of you were prostitutes. Some of you were or horrible sinners. Some of you were there. We were all sinners. Amen. We were all in the dunghill. Amen. But he raised us up out of the dunghill where you were in the muck of the world and made you to sit among princes. Look around and see who you're sitting with this morning. Sons of God, princes, daughters of God. 
Come on, this is what he did for you. Amen. And he promises to may also to make the barren woman to be a joyful mother of children. Amen. And as I read this scripture, you know, I, I began to weep and cry because it was the answer of my heart. Because I was praying for the barren church. Let us be the age that brings back the long-awaited son. That even as Sarah waited a long time, even so, we've been waiting 2,000 years. But we're on the cusp of it. And as I begin to look there, and the tears begin to come down on my eyes, I begin to think of the natural barren among us. Those that are mothers that are longing for a child. Amen. I called the name of Esther. Called the name of Candace. Amen. I called the name of many of some of the other of you that are even have children but would desire more and can have them. I called your name, Bethany. Amen. I called your name. I called your name because I was standing there under that inspiration. And I took the scripture and read it to Brother Timothy. And he saw his sister Esther there as I read it slim and then go through the stages of pregnancy until she brought forth a child. And I want you to know that I also am seeing a vision. I'm seeing a vision of a church going through the phases of the coming of the Son. The coming of the Son, Christ Jesus. And I'm seeing her. Hallelujah. I'm seeing a church going through the phases. Hallelujah. Amen. First phase is a shout. It's a message. It's a seed word that is passed into the hearts of the elect. First phase, a message, a seed planted in the heart. Amen. But that's not all of it, but then the voice. When a woman receives the seed, and our seed is the message, the church, when she receives the seed, first she don't really see nothing. You don't really see no changes. There ain't no outward changes. But after a while, amen, she starts giving voice to what's inside of her. And after a while, she can't hide the fact that the seed's in her. Do you hear what I'm saying now? We have reached the place we can't hide the fact that there is a message that is burning in our hearts, that is changing our lives, amen, that is impregnating our soul. We cannot hide the fact, amen, that he's here. He's here in a bride. And there's healing, and there's deliverance, and there's salvation. Oh, hallelujah. We cannot hide the fact The world is starting to notice. Amen. In that church, there's life. In that church, there's healing. In that church, we're cast out. I am seeing a church going through the changes until she meets him in the air. The woman giving voice to the word made flesh 
the trump. The trump is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. The last day in Israel, we went to Shiloh. Now, there were places there that I enjoyed, but you know, due to the crowds, due to the tourists, due to the throngs, you could hardly breathe sometimes. Jostled against this one and that one. And went to Gethsemane. Too many people. Couldn't even have a moment to think. Get to the tomb. Two seconds to get in, walk in, walk out. No time to think. The only thing I can tell you about it, he ain't there. He ain't no tomb. It was empty. But you know, with the last day in Israel, we went to the, the ruins of Shiloh. Is what we call it in English. They call it Shiloh. Where the tent of the tabernacle stood for many years. I don't know. Might have been 300 years or so that it was there. Before it, they take it and David moved the ark and you remember the story of the places, actually, it is counted that there were seven stations of the ark where that after they come in through, across the Jordan with it, seven stages of resting place. Some of them were only for a short time, but nevertheless, the ark went through seven places till it finally became into the, the tabernacle. But anyway, we went to Shiloh, which is the ruins of uh, an ancient place. And it was here that Joshua, do you have time for this? Yeah. All right. Joshua chapter 18, I'd just like to say, bring this down to a close, if you will, in these next few moments. So stay real focused. Joshua 18 and verse 1 that the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh, set up the tabernacle of the congregation of there, and the land was subdued before them. And there were remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not received their inheritance. And you think about it, we've come through seven ages and yet have not come into our full inheritance of the resurrection and rapture that was promised. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers have given you? And so he sends them out, and he gives them this word, Go possess your land. And we've had different ones to settle. You know, Luther, Wesley, all the other different ones. As we come through the stages... But it's now our hour now. We're in the seventh age and it's the time for us to take full possession of the land. The parts of the lands the others could not possess. The seals that they could not receive. Come on somebody. 
Amen. The voices of thunders that others were not, that were reserved to the end time. Reserved for you. And so, you know, he sent them out. Go possess it. That's our word today. Go possess it. There's good things in this land. There's healing in it. There's deliverance. Blind eyes can be opened. Deaf can hear. Go possess it. Just speak it. You're the mouth. You're the actor on the scene. It's your voice that's on this stage. Come on. And then, you know, you remember in the days of Eli, there was a woman named Hannah who was barren. And she was always mocked and tormented by the rival wife of Elkanah. And the Bible said in 1 Samuel 1 and 6, and her adversary, this rival wife, also provoked her sore to, for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And you know, you know, again, church, we can look back and yeah, there's joy that Elijah went up into heaven and, uh, and Elisha, there was a dead race and, 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 and all of these other things that was done with the other wife. But now it's time for our fulfillment. She already gave birth to a Messiah. Jesus came to her 2,000 years ago. It's our turn to bring forth. Come on. Amen. And so we, we you know, while we were there, we went up to a beautiful museum. And we watched the film of the story of Hannah at Shiloh. It was a beautiful auditorium. It was built by a woman who stood at Shiloh herself. And she walked down into the ruins of the tabernacle in the congregation, the the court of the congregation. And she prayed as Hannah did for a child because she was barren. And And she conceived. So she built you know, in return, she built this beautiful auditorium for the site. She gave something back. Even as Hannah had done many years ago to Shiloh, she gave back part of her herself. She gave Samuel to be a prophet of God, be raised up in Shiloh. Amen. And, and, and so, you know, again, you know, she, she, she herself conceived it. So she gave something back. And as I watched the film, my heart was again moved as I thought of Hannah at this place, at this place, and here I am now at this place, and I'm crying out for the barren, and the tears begin to come down out of my eyes, and I wept, and I walked out from that auditorium was led right down to the court of the tabernacle. We walked past the ruins of the storage where that there was vessels, vessels like this and this tall. And I think there was, maybe might have been 16 or 20 of them that they excavated. Big vessels. And they dug the dirt out of them and found in there the pits and the seeds of grapes. And they discovered they were wine vessels. Because with the numerous sacrifices, 
every sacrifice would have to be anointed with wine. So they had the storage there of the wine where that they would take and, and, and sprinkle the sacrifice with wine before the sacrifice was accepted. And I began to think, no matter how much of a lamb we got, and we got the greatest lamb, it's Christ. But if he isn't anointed with wine, with the stimulation of revelation, with the power of the gospel, come on church. Amen. With, with, with the Spirit of God moving, if our sacrifice isn't presented with wine, it's not accepted. And I thought about the hundreds of churches around the world whose sacrifices are not accepted because they have no wine, no Holy Ghost to anoint it. You see, it ain't enough. It ain't enough. Just to come along with our doctrine. It's got to be bathed with the wine of the spirit of revelation. And the stimulated where you get stimulated. To walk out and claim your promise. And I walked past those ruins. And I stood there. I stood there in Shiloh. I stood in the very same place where Hannah prayed for the barren. For her barren womb. And there on the side was a scripture. And it was, it was Hannah's prayer. And you watch these words unfold. They match perfectly the one I read out of Psalms. Where I stood on the Sea of Galilee in Tiberias. I'd like to share this with you. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none as holy as the Lord for there is none besides thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Oh my. For Samuel 2 and verse 3 now. Talk no more exceedingly proudly. Don't make any more boast. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by him actions are weighed. Hallelujah. The bows of the mighty men are broken. And they stumbled. They that stumbled are girded with strength. Hallelujah. They that were full, full have hired out themselves for bread. And they that were hungry ceased. So the barren hath borne seven. Oh, hallelujah. Seven ages. And she that hath many children is wax feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the, by the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness and for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. 
out of heaven shall the thunder, shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength to his king and to exalt the horn of his anointed. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the word of God. Thus he saith to a barren church. Hallelujah. There at Shiloh with a group of ministers. There in that place. I prayed there for the barren. For the barren women. I called their name. And I prayed then for a barren church. Hallelujah. That there would be a church. Bring forth the son. The long awaited son. To this last age. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then I prayed for the barren soul. Hallelujah. The soul that is barren and without God, without life in it. I prayed that there would be a conception. Amen. And the sons and the daughters and the grandchildren and the brothers and the sisters and the people, your family, your needs. That the barren soul would bring forth life. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord. That church will bring forth life. Thus saith the Lord. The barren shall give birth. The barren soul will have life. I speak it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I speak it by the promise of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I think we ought to stand and rejoice this morning. Because it is done. It is done. It is finished. It is over with. You can say, Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise ye the Lord for his goodness. Praise him forevermore. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come to the music now. Come on, let's worship God. I've given my heart, I've given my everything. I've struggled even against your barrenness this morning. But the barren womb will give life. If you're a soul without God this morning, the word has been spoken over you. You're going to bring forth. Death cannot hold you. Sin cannot hold you. Satan cannot hold you. Amen. He can made his last boast. He cannot hold you. There's a word released to deliver you. Hallelujah. 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 I'm beside myself, I know. I'm speaking things that ain't even my thoughts. I'm here right now. Amen. As we're speaking in the name of the Lord. Receive it for yourself right now. Draw from that well the waters of salvation. Go take your possession. Whatever it is, take back what the devil stole from you. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Satan, you've held the souls of men long enough. Today, you're a defeated foe.
And in the name of Jesus Christ, I send out the word for our loved ones. Here in this building and wherever they are, I send the word right now to them to turn their hearts to faith, to believe the word of promise. I send out a word to a barren church. The churches that I know that are sitting barren and powerless, no life in them. I'm telling them the quickening power of the Holy Ghost is there to quicken that word in their midst. To bring a revival in the hearts and lives of the bride of Jesus Christ, wherever she is. I don't care how long she's been vexed and bound and held back. I say, Satan, you got to let them go. You try to hold them in schisms and thin and ideas of man's and cults and everything else. But there's a word released. The barren shall bring forth. And I believe it in the name of Jesus. As this word goes out through the lands, may they believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you raise your hands and worship him now? Can you give him praise? (laughs) Can you just say, praise ye the Lord? He lifted the poor out of the dung hill. Amen. You might have been languishing. Maybe maybe naturally even the job you're in is he lifteth out the poor out of the dung hill. Sets them among princes. God knows how to give you the job you need, the work provided, the living you need to sustain you. God's a God of provider. He's here to provide for you. And he makes the barren to bring forth children. He makes a barren church to bring forth life. That there be healing, deliverance. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. 